All right, glad you're with us. Only 56 days. You are the ultimate jury. You get to decide, not the media, not the mob, not the elites, not the establishment, not the Democratic Party. None of them get to decide. You get to make the ultimate decision. I urge many of you, we have an interactive map on Hannity.com. It gives you when absentee ballots are first available, when your absentee ballot Uh, absentee application deadline is when in-person voting begins when in-person voting ends all of that on Hannity.com now North Carolina absentee ballots are already available already available Uh, in Alabama they will be available tomorrow then Kentucky on the 14th Pennsylvania on the 14th Georgia the 15th Wisconsin uh, September 16th Arkansas the 17th, D.C., Idaho, Minnesota, uh, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming the 18th, Indiana, uh, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, all on the 19th. Absentee ballots first available. Mississippi, the 21st, Missouri, the 22nd, Florida, Illinois, North Dakota, the 24th, Nebraska, the 28th. That's all before the first debate, in case you're interested. I pay close attention because I don't trust anybody anymore. Uh, We will cover the issue of voter fraud on the program today. The the out of control, insane violence that is all over the country still. And now the denial. Now, oh, we said from the beginning we're not for defunding the police. Kamala Harris was praising Garcetti, the mayor out in Los Angeles, for the hundred and fifty million dollar cut to the police there. Joe, our police become the enemy. Of course I'm for reallocating. Now he just wants to deny reality. Um, voter fraud. Yeah, we have, uh, 1,200. We got the exact number in here somewhere. And I think, I think the comments by the attorney general, Bill Barr, pretty much nail it. You had 15 elections. I bet most of you don't know that had to be overturned because of mail-in ballots. I don't know if you know about the four New Jersey Democrats charged in mail ballot, uh, a mail ballot fraud scheme or the tens of thousands of mail-in ballots that were tossed out in the Brooklyn primary, or even the examples more recently in New York, 84,000, more than 84,000 ballots disqualified for arriving late, lacking a postmark, failing to include a voter's signature. And then on top of it all, you have a Democratic operative that gives an exclusive interview to the New York Post saying, yeah, you know, uh, confessions of voter fraud. I was a master at fixing mail-in ballots and goes on to explain in great specificity and detail uh, because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. And the anonymous operative admitting this is a real thing and this is going to be a effing war come November 3rd uh, over this stuff and admits even they know how the sauce, if they knew how the sausage was made, they could fix it. Then he gives all the examples of how they actually end up doing it. All, all pretty scary stuff. And no wonder the Attorney General Barr is, is literally saying, uh, okay, with 56 days, now you want to change the way we vote? There are places that have, have 
been able to iron out any kinks in the system, but the same people that were involved in the hoax and the fraud and the Russian lies and the spying on a candidate, a transition team and president, the ones that ignored the dirty dossier but claimed that they cared about Russian interference, the ones that claimed they cared about obstruction but ignored Hillary's subpoenaed emails, deleted and bleach bit and hammers, the same people screaming we got to impeach a president over a quid pro quo but ignored Joe and zero experience Hunter? Really? I mean, you got to be kidding me. I don't trust any of them. I trust nobody at this point. The database, according to a a recent update to the Heritage Foundation's website, 1,285 proven cases of voter fraud in, in this country. Nearly 1,000 convictions in this country. Oh, now we're going to fix it. And you're going to trust it? I don't trust it. By the way, I loved how Biden's supporters' campaign events were so scripted. You know, audience members were complaining. I'll play this later in the program. I was told not to go off the, this paper. I was told to go off this paper, but I can't. You need to hear the truth on part of the truth. That was a great tweet by Ari Fleischer. The press would be in a feeding frenzy if, if the Bush staff handed real people questions to ask Bush at a so-called town hall style event. I mean, and, and it was embarrassing. Howie Kurtz even admitting on Fox, embarrassing the questions that they're asking Biden. You know, I, I, I love taking a few days off because it's called perspective. Sometimes you gotta, you just gotta pull back a little bit. You gotta just stand back. And I, and I thought a lot about this in the few days that I had off around Labor Day. I hope you and your families had a good time too. Because now it's all, you know, I'm putting my foot on the gas here every day, working every night. It's it. Um, and weekends as well. But when you sometimes stand back and think, and I've been in radio now, this is my 33rd year, my 25th year on the Fox News Channel. And I can tell you this, in my lifetime, never have I seen such an alignment of the most powerful forces with one goal, and that is to, to influence and tilt the scales in favor of one presidential candidate over another. When I talk about the mob in the media, I'm not talking about 10%. We've always talked about media bias. That, that's not what we're experiencing today. It's 99.9% of all media. And I mean print, the New York Times, Washington Post types. I mean broadcast, ABC, CBS, NBC. You know, you got two cable channels devoted to just hating Trump every second, minute, hour of every 24-hour day. You know, they're willing to take on the most breathtaking double standards in hypocrisy. I've never seen a late night speaks in one voice. Hollywood also. Now you got athletes, one voice. Liberal Republicans, one voice. It is groupthink. It is, it is a, a psychosis, a rage, a hysteria. The thing that just just stares out at you is the the total lack of any intellectual honesty any intellectual curiosity that's it they have one cause hate trump defeat trump there's no balance there's no proportionality they can't say a single thing donald trump has done well just rage they know that 
By the way, they all know that Joe doesn't have it together. They're not that stupid. They're they're acting like they don't see it. They're pretending like they don't see it, just like they pretended the violence is, is not happening. But they, they're driven by their political agenda and rage. They don't care about how dangerous his policies are, how extreme his policies are, how out of the mainstream his policies are. You know, Bernie Sanders used to be, an, you know, a laughing stock among Democrats. They just t- barely tolerated him. Now he's their economic czar. Ever think that, that you'd have a presidential candidate? My plan goes beyond the new Green Deal, pledging trillions and trillions in new taxes and now new wealth taxes. They will destroy capitalism as we know it with false promises that everything's going to be free. It never, it will never come to pass. Keep your doctor. Keep your plan. Save on average. Average family, $2,500 a year. How did that work out? They won't examine the Biden-Obama failure on the economy or on health care or sucking up you know, to the mullahs in Iran and getting nothing for $150 billion in, in cash and other currency. They're willing to accept and ignore Biden's, you know, praise of a former Klansman, his partnering with the guy that that literally filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 was against the Voting Rights Act. The guy that, you know, Biden partnered to with this former Klansman to stop the integration of our schools. He didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. His words, they ignore it all. They, they, they absolutely, you know, could care less. You think they would do that with Donald Trump? You know, or, you know, the fact that he it's like the Manchurian can't. They know he's not in shape to be president. He doesn't have the strength, the stamina, the mental acuity and alertness to be president. And, you know, they might be pretending to be blind, but they're not that dumb and stupid. The same people. This is ends justifies the means. They didn't care that Russia interfered and Hillary paid for a dirty Russian misinformation Nazi. They only cared about Trump Russia. They didn't care about obstruction. They cared only about, you know, they didn't care about Hillary's deleted emails, bleach, but they didn't care. You know, they didn't care about the quid pro quo. They ignored it all. You know, and I and I watch and I listen. This is unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, Trump gets no credit for shattering every unemployment record for minority Americans. Joe, he wouldn't have supported the travel ban. He was criticizing it as hysterical xenophobia fear-mongering. The rest of the Democrats were too busy with their, with their ridiculous double-standard impeachment trial hoax. They don't care about, you know, he's allowed to hide in a bunker, no questions and stumbling and stammering and mumbling. You know, and, and if you want to know why we're here in this moment, this is what draining a swamp looks like. And when you start draining the water, and then the swamp creatures and all their disgusting black mud, which is the media and the Democratic Party that have put aside all intellectual honesty, reason, thought, this is it. And They don't care about the socialism they'll embrace, 
And, you know, as the 15 percent, as Joe refers to us, irredeemable, deplorable, smelly Trump Walmart shoppers, bitter Americans clinging to God, our Constitution, our Bibles, our religion. I'm just telling you, the only hope for this country, it's not them. It's not the media. It's not the Democrats. The only thing that is going to work here is if in 56 days you decide you're not going to let what they want to do happen to your country. Now, all of these forces, and I'll play this after the news at the bottom of the hour, they were in place in 2016 also. And you beat back the, the single biggest forces in the country. And you shock the world. They've never gotten over their defeat. And there's no telling, you know, what, what they're capable of at this point. We still haven't held people accountable that deserve to be held accountable from 2016. You know, I, I, I wish I could tell you that I know the outcome. I don't. All I know is we can't, you can, you can shock the world again. You, we, the people cannot listen to this. And, and you have the ability to use your own mind, your own liberty, and your own freedom, knowing how high the stakes are here for our kids and our grandkids and liberty and capitalism and risk and reward and invention and innovation. Every single issue, there is a massive schism. They have their agenda. We know what the Trump agenda is. You are the ultimate jury. I'll play this. I, I mean, for, I know as we get closer to elections, you've got this, this factor. And that is, it's, it becomes an emotional roller coaster. And it becomes, you know, you become worried and fearful. And, you know, it's, it's just, and you, you see the intensity and the attacks in Atlantic Magazine, five days of Donald Trump and the military. Yeah, there's so much more to that story that nobody is ever telling you. You know what's amazing about that? No president has done more for this our military in the modern era than Donald Trump. Largest military buildup in the modern era since Reagan. Fixing a broken VA hospital system. Dismantling the Biden-Obama rules of engagement that prevented them from defeating the cal uh, caliphate. Long overdue serious pay raises. Uh, defeating the caliphate that Joe and Barack failed miserably at. Taking out Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, his top lieutenants, other al-Qaeda leaders around the world, using modern military technology to keep military heroes out of harm's way, but still defending our country's interests around the world and protecting the principles of liberty, freedom around the world. I mean, this, this is it. This is the choice, peace through strength or appeasement and weakness of Biden-Obama. You know, you got 50 years of swamp talk, lies, promises. What has Joe ever done? Now, if you think the forces are overwhelming, you, you feel like you're taking on water and you're drowning. Well, I'm going to explain how it was exactly this way four short years ago. Next. All right, live free or die, America and the world on the brink. You decide 56 days. Amazon.com, Costco's, Walmart, Target, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. Good discounts, which I always love good deals. I'm a smelly Walmart shopper. I've always liked Walmart, Costco's, Target. You know why? Because you can get everything you want cheap. It's great. <laughs> I kind of like it. Although Bernie, I noticed, was attacking 
uh, Walmart over the way. Why are te- you don't want Walmart. Maybe you don't want to make it a career, but some people do. And they end up doing very well. And the, the, you don't get the minimum wage at Walmart. They pay way above that. And during COVID, they were creating jobs when nobody else was. Look, let me just play this. It's one of my favorite montages we play. It's everybody mocking in the media mob and Hollywood, all of them, mocking the idea that Donald Trump was running for office and, and swamp creatures and Republicans and Democrats. They were all wrong. The people of this country chose differently. In 56 days, I, you have every single force aligned against Donald Trump's reelection. The entire media mob establishment. You have every Democrat and you have every weak, pathetic Republican that would always tell us as conservatives, you got to suck it up. I don't fear for the outcome. I can't guarantee what the outcome will be. You will make that decision, especially if you live in Florida and Georgia and North Carolina and Ohio and in Iowa and in Arizona and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan, and Minnesota even, and uh, maybe Nevada, maybe New Mexico, New Hampshire, the 2nd Congressional District of Maine, that one electoral vote can make the difference between 269 and 270. But if you think, and and you're feeling the forces, because they're powerful, they seem almost like they're flooding the zone, and it's overwhelming. And Donald Trump, they'll never say Donald Trump's done a single good thing. And they will lie. There's no violence going on. Don't believe your lying eyes. They'll tell you what they what Trump should have done on Corona. Where were they? When did why didn't Biden and Obama shatter any record low unemployment numbers? Why didn't they put? Why were they opposed to the travel ban? Why were they opposed to the quarantines? What did they do to lift a finger for the largest medical, fastest medical mobilization in history? Why are they for the United Sanctuary States of America and, and for open borders? Why would they take away the, the elusive energy independence we have for the first time in 75 years and now with the world's largest producer of energy? How's that going to work out for millions of high-paying career jobs for Americans? You know, I noticed they didn't really, you know, talk in the mob about, oh, the economy just added another 1.37 million jobs, and the unemployment rate has now fell to 8.4%. Donald Trump is actually, these numbers that came out Friday versus the national unemployment rate under Obama, as compiled by the National Conference of State Legislatures, Joe Biden's latest campaign trail lie is his claim. President Trump will leave office with fewer Americans in the workforce than when Biden and Obama left. Well, that's not true either. Employers added 1.4 million jobs last month alone, pushing the unemployment rate to 8.4%, down from 10.2%. Jobless rates declined from nearly 15%. They told us it would be 25%. The peak of Obama and Biden, well, guess what? In March of 2010, 14 straight months where Joe Biden and Barack drive the unemployment rate up to 9.9%. At that point, the lowest rate in 28 years. They get they 13 million Americans were added to the food stamp rolls, 8 million more Americans after 8 years in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. 
The worst recovery since the 40s. More debt than 43 presidents before them combined and vice presidents. You know, Donald Trump did all that. Record low unemployment, every single demographic group. By the way, Donald uh, Rasmussen had Trump just, what, at 52% two days ago, now 51% yesterday. I didn't look today. You got one poll out of Florida, Quinnipiac, 48-45. It's a dead heat. There's all this news out there. But I just want to remind you, if it feels like it's, it's every force, every network, every newspaper, it is. They've all aligned against Donald Trump. We learned in 2016 that there's nothing they won't do to stop we the people from the choice we have. They don't just hate Donald Trump. They hate us. The 15 percent that Joe Biden refers to us as or the irredeemable deplorables. But if you just just let's take a quick trip down memory lane. Let's let's it's very similar. The forces aligned against Donald Trump. They laughed. They mocked. They predicted. And then something wonderful happened. The American people bypass them. Listen. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown. Donald Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. at real Donald Trump. At least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. Poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say... You're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while uh, we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, North 
Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. And he kept his promises. I won't go through it. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, Peter Schweitzer later, writing the drag, he put out a new film. It's for free. We're putting it up on Hannity.com as we speak. He'll join us later in the program. Uh, I got to tell you something. It is there's a bizarre love letter from Biden himself to China. Zero experience hunter gets the one point five billion from the Bank of China deal. One of the loudest cheerleaders and suck ups to China. There's no difference. State run media. They don't ever pay attention. They don't even care. Biden once joked about China helping him become president. You know, he's promising trillions of new taxes. He's promising, promising everything will be free. Why would you believe it after the Obamacare disaster? He's promising everybody everything. And his new Green Deal, he's pledging trillions there, too. They, you want to talk about rolling blackouts? That would be nothing compared to what they're doing. It'll be no miracles. Well, let's see. I believe in medical science. I want to see what our well, I want to see what our great scientists come up with. The same Biden that claims 10 to 15 percent of Americans are just not very good people. That Biden, just like irredeemable deplorables. A new poll shows Trump support surging with African-Americans and Hispanics. Now there's four separate polls that have Donald Trump as high as 24% among African-Americans. That is literally four times, or three times rather, what he won in 2016. Now you see a new poll out where the president, who got 28% of the Hispanic vote in 2016, now he's showing support at 36%. That would be huge. That Those are game-changing numbers, and I would think the president's policies that created record low after record low unemployment is one of the reasons. Oh, and then we've got Biden busted again for using a teleprompter to answer a voter questions. I mean, Red State pointing out during an AFL-CIO virtual event, Democratic voter asked Biden a question, what he intended to do to expand opportunities for working people. Then the shot flips to Biden looking as usual you know, horrible and confused. But move it up, move it up here. He and says, I would like to know, what will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Thank you. Move it up here. Yeah, move it up to the answer you know, part. Uh-huh. There used to be a basic bargain in this country. There's a story in the Daily Beast today how there's a group of progressive coalition fight back. Apparently, they're meeting to game out what would happen if Biden doesn't win in a landslide. Now we're hearing conspiracies. Kamala Harris, Russia's going to interfere again. The only interference last time was Hillary. And then, of course, they're saying, well, he might not win on Election Day, but in the days to follow, he'll win. It's a little scary, isn't it? This is where their heads are at. Biden's campaign events are so scripted. I mean, you have this poor woman in Kenosha Thursday prefacing her question i I, i've just got to be honest mr biden i was told to go off this paper paper that i was given but i can't and then ask the question i mean what they're feeding the audience questions now pretty unbelievable we'll get to the voter fraud issue which i've talked about 1200 whatever confirmed cases almost a thousand convictions in this country 
It's all over the place. Then you've got the Atlantic. That story's falling apart. Trump was supporting the troop for decades before he ever, you know, dreamed of running for president. And I, I mean, I just it's it's one thing. Even Zach Fuentes, the top aide to John Kelly. I know John Kelly hates Trump. Fine. I don't care. He's allowed to have his own opinion. But he's getting the opposite from Mike Pompeo and Secretary of Defense Esper and Secretary of Veterans Affairs and the Chief of Staff and the National Security Advisor and the, you know, it's just one false attack. This is now going to be a never-ending, ongoing attack, a daily attack. Cheryl Atkinson tweeted out something that was amazing. Trump's the only, is one of only three presidents to spend Thanksgiving Day with troops in a combat zone. Melania Trump became the, fir- the first first lady to spend Christmas visiting troops in a war zone. President Trump is only the third U.S. president to spend Thanksgiving with troops in a combat zone or a war zone. The only president, you know, to, to spend, uh, to visit the troops in combat so close to Christmas Day. The guy is now, what has he done? He's done more to advance the military in this country than since Reagan. Nobody's, you know, Reagan built up the defenses of this country because of the weakness that he inherited from Jimmy Carter. In this case, the weakness of our military and the gutting of our military by Obama and Biden. Evidence pointing out that, you know, it doesn't matter. The media will spend six days. This is going to be every day. There's going to be a new charge. And meanwhile, uh oh, these riots that they denied. Uh oh, it's now beginning. People are getting scared. I mean, you have horrid stories. The front cover of the New York Post today. Madness. A six year old mom among five victims, six year old rather, and a mom among five victims in shootings in New York City. I mean, this is happening in our country as we speak. Six-year-old little boy and his mother shot outside their home. But Comrade de Blasio is telling us everything's fine. And you have Rochester, New York. You know, drivers sped through a Black Lives Matter demonstration over the weekend, dousing the crowd with what appeared to be pepper spray and hitting one protester. What are these mayors and governors doing? They're not doing a thing. You know, it's... um. You know, my administration will stop lawless cities from allowing anarchists to harm people and destroy business. That's Trump. Democrats have denied it for the longest period of time. What you see is not happening. Protesters in Pittsburgh descending on elderly diners, drinking their beer, screaming obscenities and F the white people. It's all on tape. The New York assistant principal goes off on them, you know, F the police. Really? Want that person teaching our kids? Portland police deployed tear gas. We're now well past 100 days there. You've got the Wild West in Brooklyn, New York. A shootout in an apartment complex. We have the video. We'll show you all this tonight. That's a preview of coming attractions in Biden, Kamala Harris's America. It's all at stake. So that should give you some hope. At least I hope. Breaking right now, shot after shot fired at this SUV. Inside, an eight-year-old girl. Tonight, she's dead. Let's get right to CBS 2's Jermont Terry, live on the scene at 47th and Union. Jermont. Erica, the little girl was simply riding in the vehicle with her mother and two others at this intersection when out of nowhere, a car behind them simply sprayed their vehicle with bullets. When it was all said and done, as you mentioned, that little girl did not survive another life gone too soon. Just 
Celebration turns to tragedy in Brooklyn. A six-year-old boy, just one of several people shot when gunfire erupts at a late-night neighborhood party. Five people, including that little boy, are recovering in the hospital after a Juve celebration ended in violence. Chief of Detectives Rodney Harrison telling us right now they do believe that the shooting was gang-related. Right now, as we speak, they do have two people in custody, and they tell us that they collected two firearms here from the scene, but so far, no one has been charged. Burn it down! Burn it down! Burn it down! Portia, would you like to come forward and, and lead us in the next round of conversation, please? Town of Governor's bragging about you. Hello, my name is Portia Bennett. Um, I'm just going to be honest, Mr. Biden. I was told to go off this paper, but I can't. You need the truth, and I'm part of the truth. I was born here, raised here first eighth grade class of the school that was named after his mother so i have to give you the truth of the people and the truth of the matter is we are heavily angry not angry as to where people say oh they're protesting there are different there's a difference between a protester and a rioter all right hour two sean hannity show 800-941 sean toll free uh, telephone number you want to be a part of the program but I thought this this violence, this mayhem wasn't happening in all these big cities and run by liberal Democrats for decades. I thought this is a myth, Jerry Nadler said. I thought Kamala said it's OK to defund, praising the defunding of the police. We never said that. Yeah, you did. First, you ignored it. And of course, police become the enemy. And of course, I'll reallocate funds. But now act like, well, it's not polling well. Got to listen to Don Don Lemon and, and his great ideas and suggestions on this. And then what do we have out of this? Well, I'm not going to, you know, um, I was told, you know, I can't go off the question they wanted me to ask, but I want to keep it real and ask a real question. Uh, anyway, Sarah Sanders is with us. You know, the thing is, when you get to the issue involving the Atlantic hit piece, all the other hit pieces out there, and this is only going to ratchet up. Buckle up. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster the next 56 days. As I said in the beginning of the last hour, it is every single leftist voice united, one voice, one thought that is hating all things Donald Trump. And by extension, hurting we, Donald Trump supporters, and hating us, uh, you know, smelly Walmart people, the 15 percent, as Biden refers to us, the irredeemable deplorables, as Hillary refers to us. Um, I got uh, Sarah's book, couldn't put it down this weekend, speaking for myself, faith, freedom and the fight for our lives inside of the Trump White House. And I guess gossip books, you know, probably do better because people love phony gossip, even if it's phony, even if it's lying gossip. Uh, Sarah, congrats on the book. By the way, we have it linked on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. But you were there. Absolutely. I was there. And I can tell you, like I've tried to tell anybody that was willing to listen, this absolutely did not happen. I've watched the president spend almost every single day with him for two and a half years. And what I saw in this president is somebody who loves our country, who loves and respects the men and women of our military, and who actually fought for them. He spent a significant amount of time, took a lot of heat, putting more and more funding and resources into our military, rebuilding it after it was destroyed by Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. This president has time and time again done everything he could 
to show how much he cares about this country, how much he loves these people. And the Democrats and the liberals will stop at nothing to destroy him because they've decided that they hate this president more than they love our country. It's a sad state of affairs. You know, just just think of what you're saying there. But if you really stand back and I tried to do this in my mini vacation here and tried to get perspective and and just sort of get to a place where I could think through this logically, knowing 56 days, it's all, you know, hands on deck for the country, in my view. I've never seen such an alliance of 99.9 percent of the media. That'd be print, broadcast, cable, late night. That would be Hollywood. That would be, you know, every radical democratic uh, socialist group in the country. One voice, groupthink, mass hysteria led by rage, void of any intellectual honesty or curiosity. Look what they did the last time. I have no faith. The only I have faith in the American people to bypass this once again. But even there, they would like to change the voting rules 56 days before an election, which, you know, I guess you don't you don't have to be an MIT scientist to figure out I don't I'm not going to have any faith, hope or trust in whatever plan they come up with. Yeah, it's nothing like listening to a bunch of Hollywood liberals and the elites on the coast tell the rest of us in the country what's best for us and what's best for the country. I think we saw that on full display during the the week of the the Democrat convention. You might also have been confused that it didn't look much like a convention and more like a, a preschool Zoom call. But um, just a constant condescending tone that we got from every single one of those liberals and Hollywood elites to tell us why we were deplorable, why we weren't good enough, and why we shouldn't be supporting this president, when in fact every American has done better under this president. Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, African Americans at lowest unemployment the president has focused on empowering all Americans, and yet they want nothing more than to destroy and to divide. And the hypocrisy from the left literally knows no bounds. You talk as I, I did in my book, but you go into it in your very own special, unique, and, fr- and frankly, a deep dive as, as I read it into what is really at stake. What do you see is really at stake? Because to me, it's everything. It's liberty. It's freedom. It's capitalism. It's risk-reward innovation, energy independence, secure borders, open borders, sanctuary states of America. Uh, It is the courts. It is literally every single thing is on the ballot in just 56 days. Absolutely. I don't think the contrast could be more clear between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. One, we get to have an America uh, of freedom, of prosperity, of safety, of security. And with Joe Biden, we get the total opposite. There's no freedom. Government is in control of our health care, of our schools, of our guns, of our churches, of our homes, of literally everything. They want a total takeover. And if you don't agree with them, they will call you names. They will personally attack you. Nothing is off limits. And I think we have seen that play out at the highest levels, but from the media down to, you know, every single individual, they have no problem attacking individuals. Um, And I think that the president is fighting for the forgotten men and women. It's what he campaigned on in 2016. It's what he delivered on in the four years that he was, has been president. And it's what he'll continue to do in the next four years. Joe Biden has moved so far to the left. It's terrifying 
to think what the radical left will do if they have control of the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Think of all the events, though. Um, Think of, you know, we, we have a deep state. We did have Hillary Clinton. If anyone else had deleted subpoenaed emails, we know what would happen. Uh, There was Russian interference. She paid for a dirty Russian misinformation dossier that that was used to disrupt the 2016 election. Uh, We know for a fact that that was used to spy illegally on a campaign, a transition team, and deep into a presidency. Uh, You add to that everything else that they've done to try to take down Donald Trump and, you know, ignore quid and pro and quo Joe and, and zero experience Hunter to get to this spectacular you know, impeachment hoax that they have. And I'm just sitting here wondering, there's there's nothing, it seems, that's off the table because in their minds, I guess the left has convinced themselves that Donald Trump is the embodiment of all things evil. That's exactly right, Sean. They have attacked this president for the sin of winning an election. He literally has sustained just a barrage of attacks from the moment that he started running from office. Some from people who used to celebrate this president, some who used to, you know, come to him for money. And now all of a sudden they they write about him like he's the worst person on the face of the planet when nothing could be further from the truth. You've spent time around him. You know how much he loves this country, how hard he's working. I don't think there are many people in this country who could have survived the amount of attacks from him. I write about this a lot in my book, an entire chapter devoted to the liberal mob and the intensity at which they come after the president and everyone around him. That, to me, is what is so mind-blowing and the hypocrisy of they love the idea of tolerance as long as you agree with them. And the second that you don't, they come after you um, at an unprecedented level. They think it's okay to kick you out of restaurants you know, spit on your car in front of your three-year-old son, invite you to their event and humiliate you on the stage in front of, you know, national TV cameras. All that's okay as long as it's anti-Trump. And I think that the American people are way too smart to fall for any of this. Let me ask you this, because you were there, um, I was covering it, uh, the the president with Kim Jong-un, you were there when he confronted Pelosi and Schumer over the wall and immigration. You were there during Kavanaugh. Uh, You were there. Your family was attacked. Um, What has all that been like, that whole experience and the insights you gleaned from it? It certainly wasn't easy, but I, I wouldn't have not done it. I believe in this country. I believe in this president. And I will continue to stand for what I think is right and continue to speak out for my principles. And as hard as it was, I think it's important for good people to remain involved in this process. I want my kids to know that it's okay to still believe in America. It's not okay um, to cave to the liberal mob, and they should feel free to stand up for what they believe in, and they should be very vocal about it, and they should be able to do so without fear of condemnation from the left. And as hard as it was and as difficult as some of the days were, um, I'm proud of the job we've done. I'm proud of the president for standing up and fighting back against all of the craziness from the left. 
All right, stay right there. Sarah Sanders with us. Uh, her new book out today, Speaking for Myself, Faith, Freedom, and the Fight for, of Our Lives Inside the Trump White House. You're the ultimate jury. It's only 56 days. By the way, her book on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere, uh, taking you right inside the White House. What is the truth? Because you're not getting the truth from the, the corrupt media mob that is out there. And as we continue, Sarah Sanders is with us. New book out today, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, speaking for myself, faith, freedom, and the fight of our lives inside the uh, Trump White House. Why is it, in your view, having you know been up close and personal, you know, why so many knives in this president's back? Unlike any, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. I think part of it is because he is this change agent that came to Washington and has disrupted the way that it operates. Washington has been wholly owned by special interests and everybody else for so long. And we have a president who says, nah, not on my watch. He's shaken things up in a way that had to be done. He's created a new normal and changed the way that it operates. And really, I think, fought for people that had been ignored for so long. Let's not forget the president is the one who talked about the need for new trade deals. The president is the one that talked about the need for safety and security at our border. He's the one that talked about and followed through on rebuilding our military, rebuilding our judiciary, making America energy independent. He set out with a bold agenda, and he has literally delivered on every major promise he set out to do. And I think he's going to continue to do that for the next four years. Well, uh, now, last question. We don't have much time. Uh, Are you considering a run for the governorship down in Arkansas? Definitely thinking about it right now. My focus is on helping in 2020, and we'll certainly make a decision about that in 2022. And um, I love my state. I love Arkansas. I'm so proud to be back home and look forward to helping make sure we continue moving this state forward in some some capacity one way or another. And I'll make that decision after we get through 2020 and get the president reelected. And hopefully after we make my book a New York Times bestseller, too, so I can join you in those ranks. Well, I think you will. Sarah Sanders, Destiny bestseller, uh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, speaking for myself, faith, freedom, the fight of our lives inside the Trump White House. And boy, this is now the fight of our lives for the future of our country, for our kids and grandkids. These are consequential times in every respect. Sarah, thank you as always. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a (laughs) got fired. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course. What role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. So what do we know? 
A 2013 trip to China getting new attention this morning, not for what Joe Biden did, but for who he brought with him. Politics was a family business. When Joe did well, the family did well. Hunter's small firm got a deal that no one else had in China. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund. Hunter Biden's small investment firm announced a $1 billion private equity deal with the Chinese government. China is America's chief rival on the global stage, and nobody should know that better than Joe Biden. But Joe Biden talks about China differently. China is not our enemy. Not a problem. What are we, what are we worried about? Come on, man. He doesn't see them as a threat. He welcomes their rise as a global power. Why exactly? Perhaps it's personal. Perhaps it's about his family. Perhaps it's about the money. But this isn't just another story about a politician's kid getting rich. Hunter's new firm started making investment deals that would serve the strategic interests of the Chinese military. This is the remarkable and largely hidden story of the secret financial relationship between the Biden family and the Chinese government. And it's a story that has been largely never told. All right, that is from Peter Schweitzer. Uh, his incredible research now is fe- featured in a new film, The Mob, The Media Will Try try and Ignore It As Always. You ever, you ever wonder how the phone call with President Trump and Zelensky and the alleged quid pro quo and we only had one fact witness, every other witness a hearsay or hearsay, hearsay, hearsay witness or a opinion witness. There was only one fact witness, but what did Donald Trump tell you? Uh, what do you, what did he want from Ukraine in exchange for aid? Nothing, no quid, no pro, no quo. And the mob, the media, what did they do? They, 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 oh, this is not a big deal. They went along with Joe Biden's line. You know, he literally leveraged 1 billion taxpayer dollars, brags about it on TV and speech that he gives that I told them you're not getting that billion unless you fire that prosecutor who's investigating my zero-experienced son, Hunter, who went on GMA, any experience in oil? No. Gas? No. Energy? No. Ukraine? No. And he's being paid millions. Okay, the media had to spectacularly ignore those facts to get to an impeachment on Donald Trump. Now, if the standard would have held a hold, if, God forbid, Joe Biden never became president, he should be impeached on day one based on their standards. Now, the same then goes for, well, how did zero experience Hunter get a what ended up being a one billion dollar sweetheart deal with no experience I can find or anybody else can find as it relates to private equity, et cetera, from the Bank of China later becomes one point five billion dollars. Wow. How did this happen? Now, the new film is called Riding the Dragon. It's free. Anybody wants to watch it and learn and inform yourself, it's absolutely free. And it explains in great specificity and detail Biden's absolute compromise as it relates to all things on China, why it's so dangerous. Uh, This isn't just everyday, you know, Washington corruption. This is corruption now that puts, you know, look, Putin is a horrible actor. He's a bad actor and dangerous to the country with all the worst intentions. And so is Russia. It's a hostile regime. 
Putin is a hostile actor. China, I will tell you, and now we have sources within our intelligence community warning us, is a far greater threat to the uh, integrity of our elections and uh, puts us most at risk for interference than Russia is even. Anyway, uh, this uh, is a really explosive documentary. It, it literally uncovers, so you can see it yourself, all the business deals, financial transactions, secret agreements that took place between Hunter Biden and his businesses and the Chinese government. Joe Biden took his son on Air Force Two to Asia and including China. It was only about two weeks later that he got the billion-dollar deal with the Bank of China with no experience that I can ascertain. And Peter Schweitzer is here to give us more details Imagine if we just swap out the name Biden and we put in the name Don Jr. and Eric Trump. I wonder what the media, how the media, the mob and the Democrats would be reacting. (laughs) Well, we know how they'd be reacting, Sean, and I think we'd all be, uh, you know, concerned about that situation. But for some reason, there's a selectivity when it comes to uh, outrage and investigation. And I I think you nailed it when you said this is not rank and file corruption uh, when we're talking about China. You know, the Ukraine stuff is bad enough because Joe Biden was using his office uh, to basically steer things for the benefit to protect his son. And his son was getting paid by a corrupt foreign energy company for favors. But Ukraine is Ukraine. We're talking about China, who is our chief rival on the global stage. Uh, they are hacking into uh, our government uh, websites every day. They are challenging the military in the South China Sea. Their goal is to surpass us both economically and militarily. And this is the government that Hunter Biden does a business deal with. So the China stuff, in my mind, is even worse. And it's also troubling, Sean, not just because of who's giving the money, in this case, to the Biden family, but what Hunter Biden ends up doing. This investment fund where he sits on the board of directors and his business partner is vice chairman and on the investment committee, Hunter Biden's investment firm ends up buying companies and doing deals in the United States and elsewhere that directly benefits the Chinese military. That's what's so shocking about this. This is not victimless corruption. This actually damaged American national security. All right. uh, Stay right there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll have more with Peter Schweitzer. Now, how can people find the Riding with the Dragon? We have a link on Hannity.com. That's one way. But we'll give you more details on the other side. All right. As we continue, Peter Schweitzer, his new film is available for free. It goes into great detail on how weak the Bidens are and compromised as it relates to the country of China. It's called Riding the Dragon. It's up on Hannity.com. We have the link up there now. How does he get away with this? This is what I'm trying to understand here. How do you how do you take on breathtaking hypocrisy that Russian interference matters, but not Hillary's bought and paid for dirty dossier with Russian disinformation? How do you say obstruction matters, but not the subpoenaed emails deleted and bleach bit and hammers? How do you say a quid pro quo matters, but you ignore Joe Biden on tape? How do you ignore one point five billion from the Bank of China? Do, have you discovered in all your research any experience that qualified Hunter Biden and his team to get that one point five billion dollar deal that I would have assumed would go to I don't know, a Goldman Sachs or a Deutsche Bank or one of the big private equity firms that actually knows what the hell they're doing. 
No, I mean, there's no uh, uh, experience really at all that, that, that Hunter had in private equity deals in the China space. And as we point out in the film, Sean, the deal that his firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, which basically nobody has heard of uh, until you and I started talking about this, um, you know, on your program, nobody heard of Rosemont Seneca Partners before, but they got a deal from the Chinese government through the Shanghai Free Trade Zone, which was a one-of-a-kind deal. Nobody else got. So all the experienced banks, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, nobody got this deal. And the central question is, why did the Chinese government choose Hunter Biden? Why did they choose his small firm that has no background in this space to do this deal with? And I think the answer is staring us in the face if we look at simply what Hunter Biden himself said. His last name is Biden. And the timing here, Sean, is so, so important. I I believe you follow the money in politics. And just like in acting and in comedy, timing is everything. When did Hunter Biden get this deal? It was done in 2013, shortly after Barack Obama publicly announced that, that Joe Biden, the vice president, was going to be the person in charge of U.S. policy towards China. The Chinese saw that and they said, here's how we're going to uh, get favorable treatment. Here is how we're going to persuade them. We're just going to juice his family in on a deal. And that's exactly what they did. In fact, deals, as we show in the film, it's not just the private equity deal. It's the Rosemont real estate deal. Again, he had no background in commercial real estate, but he gets this cooperative deal with the Chinese government. It goes on and on and on. And, you know, you played the clip there at the beginning uh, where he said, well, I don't have to disclose my finances. That's part of the problem. Part of the problem today is politicians, they have to tell you if they own $10,000 in GE stock. But if their adult kid gets a private equity deal from a foreign government that is our chief rival, there's no requirement to disclose that. That's why this stuff is so hidden. Well, his lawyer, but, but he stuff. said at the time, never gotten, when he did the Good Morning America interview, he said, I never, I never got a penny in the China yeah. deal. Now, well, they, that they, is, they have, that's deceptive, isn't it? Because doesn't he own shares that he just hasn't cashed in yet? No, you're exactly right, Sean. Um, he got an equity stake in the company from the beginning. Because Rosemont Seneca Partners, a firm that he partly owned, he was a one-third owner, got a stake of the Chinese company. So he had equity stakes immediately. They now acknowledge that in 2017, he also bought another equity stake with his personal assets. But look, Sean, they have lied repeatedly about this. And this is, again, why there's the lack of curiosity by the media is so stunning. Let me just give you one other example. We talk about the 2013 uh, trip on Air Force Two and the fact that 10 days after that trip, um, Hunter Biden secures this billion-dollar deal. Well, what does, what does Team Biden say? They say, well, really, that, that's not when the deal was discussed. It was not discussed on that trip. It was discussed by other people in June of 2013. That's what they say. Well, here's the problem for them, Sean. The great people at Judicial Watch got access to Hunter Biden's travel logs. Secret Service travel logs. And what does it show? Where was Hunter Biden in June of 2013? He was in Beijing, China. You can go on YouTube, find it riding the dragon. There are uh, commercials in there. I mean, that's partly how it's being paid for. This has been done by a uh, production company called Lightspeed Pictures. Uh, you can go to bidenfilm.com and see the trailer. It will also then take you to the link at YouTube. 
um, where it is on the web page uh, that Blaze Media runs. Uh, and there are advertisements, but it's absolutely free. It's 40 minutes long. And you can also find individual chapters that are five or six minutes long. So you can share this with other people. If you have somebody who has never heard of this before, that's concerned about China, that's interested in what's going on right now, uh, you can share those with people and, and spread the word. And I think it's very powerful because it's all about facts, Sean. We don't give opinions. We raise questions and we give everybody the facts. Not only that Hunter got paid, but the deals that he did, buying into companies like CGN that are stealing our nuclear secrets, these are the kinds of deals Hunter Biden was doing uh, while his father was vice president of the United States. All right, Peter Schweitzer, the movie's for free, Riding the Dragon, a link on Hannity.com. Peter, thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll follow what the mob and the media will ignore. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. All right, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. When we come back, news roundup, information overload. Greg Jarrett, John Solomon, uh, here to discuss the news from the Steele dossier as it relates to the corruption of mail-in ballots. Again, something that the mob and the media ignores. We're trying to keep you up to speed. 56 days until you're the ultimate jury. Live free or die, 40% off. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Quick break, right back. We'll continue. We're glad you're with us. George Papadopoulos at the time was a very young foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. In May 2016, just as Trump was emerging as the unlikely Republican frontrunner. Thank you, everybody. Papadopoulos was in London having drinks with some Australian diplomats. Papadopoulos told him that somebody on the Trump campaign had received an offer that said the Russians had material that would be damaging to Hillary Clinton and to Obama. And they offered to coordinate the release of that information in a way that would help the Trump campaign. The Australians didn't make much of it until Trump made this appeal about Hillary Clinton's emails. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Those Australian diplomats heard that and contacted the FBI. When they saw that statement by Trump that that triggered the memory of the conversation they had with Papadopoulos. So Donald Trump, with his own words, brought this investigation down on himself? According to what the foreign government told us, yes. The Justice Department Inspector General found no evidence that political bias influenced the opening of Crossfire Hurricane. But it did find serious performance failures in the investigation of another struck suspect, campaign advisor Carter Page, who was never charged with any crime. Is it sloppy work or is it uh, FBI agents trying too hard to get something on members of the Trump campaign? I don't think at all uh, that it's anything improper. You get people who are overworked, who make mistakes, and don't get me wrong, inexcusable mistakes. July 21st, 2016, summer before the election. Trump is a disaster. And then one week later, you open that crossfire hurricane investigation. I mean, it just looks like you saw a way to stop Donald Trump from becoming president of the United States. I can understand why some people might think that, but they had nothing to do with each other. One week after Strzok opened the investigation, Lisa Page texted him, Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? Strzok replied, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. So why shouldn't Trump supporters suspect you of 
using the investigation as a tool to take him down. And what I'd point them to are all the investigations that have been done that have conclusively proved that didn't occur. All right, there you hear. I mean, this is pretty amazing stuff. We now have new developments as it relates to uh, one top Democratic operative taking upon themselves, himself, to uh, whistleblow on the fraudulent practices of voting and especially with mail-in voting and mail-in ballots and speaking on condition of anonymity because of his own criminal activities participating in voter fraud, the Democratic operative sought out the New York Post reporter John Levine. We talked about it before I went away for a few days to explain all of this. The article published over the weekend, Confessions of Voter Fraud. I was a master at fixing mail-in ballots. Top Democratic operative says voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots, is no myths, and he knows because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. And then this operative admitting this is a real thing, and there's going to be a blanking war come uh, November 3rd over this stuff, but admits if they knew how the sausage was made, they could fix it. And he gives the very specific details about the ballot has no specific security features not a stamp or watermark so uh the insider you know said they would just make uh their own ballots i just put the ballot through the copy machine and it comes out the same way and admitted that his dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections all over the country patterson atlantic city camden newark hoboken hudson county etc And it goes on from there. Now, I know that this is an inconvenient truth for a lot of people, but if we don't have integrity in our elections, uh, guess what? We don't have free, fair elections. Now, based on what happened with the dirty dossier and and how, you know, Russian interference ignored by the media and and literally obstruction of justice ignored by the media and quid pro quos with Joe ignored by the media. I kind of sympathize with what Attorney General Barr has been saying, uh, being very concerned about, you know, wanting to change the system of voting just 56 days away from an election and, you know, saying right now we're a divided country politically. Our elections have been very close and going on to say they can turn on one state, just a few districts, and people have to have confidence in the outcome or we're going to have real problems in this country. And I, I think people want to experiment with different ways of voting now, which are predictably, uh, you know, could create problems of integrity. And we're playing with fire and gross irresponsibility. Now, I've gone through just, you know, a, a whole number of states on this program We've identified the Heritage Foundation, identified over a thousand examples, including 900 some odd convictions for voter fraud in this country. But Democrats are telling us everything's okay. Anyway, here to uh, weigh in on all of this, um, we have Greg Jarrett and John Solomon. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, You know, let's start with uh, this voter fraud issue. You know, uh, it's not the post office that's the problem. Democrats would love to have you believe it. Now, the problem is that uh, many of these states have failed or refused over the last decade uh, to invest the money to update and build the infrastructure to handle universal all-mail-in voting. As a consequence, they are, for example, relying on outdated uh, voter registration lists. So you get millions of ballots being sent to people at an address where they no longer live or to people 
uh, who are, are deceased, and yet those ballots come back with votes cast. Now, how is that possible? Also in California, for example, millions of people receive more than one ballot at the same address. Our own Adam Housley, former Fox correspondent, said he received during the primary recently two ballots. Uh, you know, he could have voted twice. How many other people are voting twice or three times? We just don't know. And then, of course, there's the outright fraud because no watermark, no stamp. You can easily copy, copy and make thousands and thousands of counterfeit ballots. And the other problem, Sean, is ballot harvesting. So operatives go throughout entire neighborhoods in entire cities, and they collect ballots uh, from people, lying to them, saying, oh, this is a new public service. Then they can do things like toss the ballots away, destroy them in a Republican neighborhood, or they simply steam open the envelope if they don't like the vote they can destroy it or replace it with a counterfeit ballot. So, you know, the bottom line is states are now trying to jerry-rig an antiquated system for a modern method of universal voting, and they can't handle it. So this is a recipe for disaster. You know, John Solomon, I look at, you know, New York in the recent primary election, you know, 84,000 ballots were disqualified for, quote, arriving late, lacking a postmark, failing to include a signature and other defects. That, that, that's one in five ballots not counted. Patterson, New Jersey, 800 ballots bundled together. You have 15 elections we can, we've identified that have had to be overturned because of, of mail-in ballot fraud. Uh, four New Jersey Democrats charged in, in mail-in ballot fraud. Tens of thousands of mail-in ballots tossed out in a Brooklyn primary. Uh, judge ordering a, a new election after Jersey Democrats were charged in this. Then you've got, of course, the key takeaways from the Heritage Foundation. You've got over 900 plus convictions in this country for voter fraud. This is not a small problem. This is a huge problem. It's not a small problem at all. And Actually, I got the number wrong. The, the, the Heritage was 1,285 proven cases That's of right. voter fraud in America. That's right. And just recently on Just the News, we took three dozen of them and went through them in detail to show the sophistication and the uh, determination of people who want to uh, fake votes and, and defraud the election. Uh, very specific. And those were just in the last 48 months, examples that we found in the last 48 months. Democrats will try to say this is Donald Trump trying to disenfranchise people who want to vote. Guess what? The first people to raise mail-in ballot fraud were Jimmy Carter and James Baker 15 years ago in a bipartisan commission that warned exactly what Greg just said. The infrastructures in these election systems are antiquated. We have outdated lists. We don't have ways of validating. We don't have voter ID in so many states. And, and they warned that the expansion of mail-in voter for, uh, mail-in ballots would, could lead to ex- expanded fraud. So this isn't just something Donald Trump invented in 2020. This is something that's been warned about for 15 years. And over those 15 years, numerous cases where actual fraud occurred using mail-in ballots, hiring homeless people in Los Angeles to uh, file fake ballots, you know, uh, mail carriers grabbing them and filling them out themselves. This is a real issue, and anyone who says it isn't, is not looking at the facts. Let me move on. I, I would have liked to have, have resolved what happened in 2016 in terms of spying on a candidate transition team and deep into the Trump presidency fully resolved. You know, Paul Sperry rightly points out, OK, with less than 60 days, now we're in this period where the likelihood of indictments beyond Kleinsmith become less and less possible. 
uh, because of political considerations, although the attorney general said he would not allow that to happen. Let me remind everybody, I'll play Robert Mueller, that the president never conspired with Russia. We know Hillary did. Uh, with Lindsey Graham, Rod Rosenstein agreed that, you know, with Graham, that there was no, you know, they're there for a Russian investigation. And knowing what he knew now, just like Sally Yates followed in, in his footsteps, knowing what she knew now, they both signed FISA applications. They wouldn't do it. Let's listen in. First, our investigation found that the Russian government interfered in our election in sweeping and systematic fashion. Second, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Uh, the information available at the time included... Well, why do we have the Mueller investigation at all if we had concluded they weren't working with the Russians? I don't believe we had concluded it at that time. Sir. I'm saying in January the 4th, 2017, the FBI had discounted Flynn. There was no evidence that Carter Page worked with the Russians. The dossier was a bunch of garbage. And Papadopoulos is all over the place, not knowing he's being recorded denying working with the Russians. Nobody's ever been prosecuted for working with the Russians. The point is, the whole concept that the campaign was colluding with the Russians, there was no there there in August 2017. Do you agree with that general statement or not? I agree with that general statement. Thank you. You signed a warrant application in June of, uh, I think, 2017 to get the uh, Carter Page warrant renewed. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you looked at the Horowitz report? Yes, I have. I have it with me, Senator. If you knew then what you know now, would you have signed the warrant application? No, I would not. Okay. And the reason you wouldn't have is because... Mr. Horowitz found that exculpatory information was withheld from the court. Is that correct? Among other reasons, yes. Yeah, and somebody actually altered an email. Correct. Right. right. And then after Rosenstein, he testified before Lindsey Graham's committee, Sally Yates was pulling teeth, but she had to admit herself, knowing what she knows now, she wouldn't have signed it. All right, we'll get reaction on the other side. Greg Jarrett and uh, John Solomon uh, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, author of two best-selling books, The Russia Hoax and Witch Hunt. Uh, John Solomon, by the way, the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. Quick break right back. But John Solomon, knowing what they know now, they would, they would not have signed the FISA applications. Well, that's what they say. They should have known then, though. It was sitting in plain view. There was very little doubt that this case was thin from the moment it walked in. And anyone who took five minutes to review any of the core documents, including the opening predicate document would have known immediately that the case was thin. They didn't even have the proper documentation for opening up against Papadopoulos. So it's a great excuse for some of these people who signed it, but they should have checked before they signed. Last word, Greg Jarrett. I mean, will we get, will we get some answers, or is the election going to hover over any potential indictments? Well, it really is hard to know, but I think we'll get some resolve in September. But, you know, it's really shameful that uh, reporters and networks like CBS, you know, give airtime to disgraced, discredited people like Peter Strzok to promote his book, uh, in which he he trashes Trump and accuses him of being Putin's puppet. You know, I watched that interview on Sunday with Strzok on CBS. He peddled one lie after another, very little pushback. The network did the same thing with Andrew McCabe. So, you know, as I as I say in a new podcast, uh, the real opponent for Donald Trump is not Joe Biden. 
it is the hopelessly biased and factless and irresponsible media. I, I, I just couldn't agree more. It's sad, just like 16 states start voting before they have one debate. Joe Biden barely can answer a question, and, and we can't get to see both candidates. Hides, the media allows that to happen. I've, I've, I've just never seen forces align this way to destroy one person. But they did the same thing four years ago, so I have hope. John Solomon, Greg Jarrett, as always, thank you. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to your phone calls, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, if you haven't gotten your copy, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Well, it's on the brink in 56 days. You're the ultimate jury. 40% discount at Amazon.com. Don't forget Costco's, Walmart, Target, and Barnes & Noble Books, a million bookstores everywhere. Quick break. Your call's on the other side. I live free or die, America, the world on the brink. Uh, By the way, back to number two today uh, on Amazon.com. I mean, it just, we can't believe how well it's done, thanks to all of you. Uh, Also on sale at Costco's and Walmart and Target and Books a Million and uh, Barnes & Noble everywhere where, where books are sold. Thank you for making it number one in the country. And um, more, it, it's, 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 I'm trying to make this your election guide. I look at these forces that are aligned against this president. I've never seen anything this insane. This, frankly, there's this rage, there's this psychosis, this madness, this group think. It is, it is 99.9% of the mob. It is everybody in the Democratic Party. It is every weak, pathetic Republican uh, that, you know, they, they once claimed they like tax cuts and originalists on the court and secure borders and uh, foreign policy without getting, you know, protracted entanglements. But they still would support the radical extreme socialist and the Green New Deal and Medicare for all and everything's free and a presidential candidate that, frankly, we all know doesn't have any strength, stamina, you know, doesn't seem to have the mental acuity and alertness to be president. They don't care. It's, it is irrational. Now, it was like that in 2016. It seems worse, feels worse now. But then again, listen to this tape, and it reminds you how the forces were against Donald Trump in 2016. They, they declared this race was over. They mocked, they laughed, they made fun of, and then something incredible happened. The American people got their say, and it shattered their illusion. Listen. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown? Do- Donald Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States! Exclamation point! At real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump. At least I will go down as a president. <laughs> They said basically this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. Beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. 
Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. Paul has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say you're not going to be president. All right. It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's the projection. Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, with its six electoral votes, Nebraska, with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming, with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. Probably some of my favorite tapes that we've ever montaged, we've ever put together on this program. I could play this every day. Now, at the end of the day, it's they won't decide this. You will decide this. I, it's not going to be me that decides this. If I had my say, Brock and Joe never would have been president for eight years. I can only give information, you know, I'll tell you what's at stake. We try every day. I mean, look at what we've gone through today. We've gone through, uh, you know, the real corruption that exists with the Bidens and China. We've gone through in great specificity and detail with with Sarah Sanders what really went on in the White House. You know, we've gotten to the to the bottom of, you know, this mail fraud that, you know, they say, oh, there's no evidence of any. They just lie. And looking for every advantage that they they can have. And yet I still believe with all my heart that you will make this decision. And I've never seen a group of elites, swamp creatures, the swamp in Washington, the swamp in the media. There was a debate here in the United States and, quite frankly, throughout most of the West is whether a rising China was in the interest of the United States and the wider world. As a young member of the Foreign Relations Committee, I wrote and I said, and I believe then what I believe now, that a rising China is a positive, positive development not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. Uh, when I've, I've spent a lot of time with President Xi, even he acknowledges that uh, the, the growth and progress in China has been a direct relationship of uh, the stability that has been in, uh, encouraged by a U.S. presence. We're not trying to contain China. We're not trying to slow down Chinese growth. The growth of China is overwhelmingly in our interest. But responsible competition is equally as much in our interest. They, they have an inexplicable mass hysteria, rage, void of 
any intellectual curiosity, any intellectual honesty. They are united in one cause. There is there's just there's no balance. There's no proportionality. As far as they're concerned, Donald Trump wakes up and they want to impeach him and throw him in jail. They all know Joe doesn't have it together. They don't care. They don't care how dangerous his stated policies are. They don't care about his eight year failed record. They don't care about Trump's successes. They don't care about Joe's past, you know, praise of Klansmen and partnering with Klansmen to to stop the 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 integration of our schools because he didn't want his kids going to public schools that were racial jungles. All of this is out there. They will ignore quid pro quo Joe, zero experience Hunter. They will ignore obstruction. They'll ignore Hillary's dirty dossier. They will ignore the, the corrupt deal as, as laid out in the new movie by Peter Schweitzer. They will ignore all of it because they, all they know is they hate Donald Trump. I mean, amazing times we're living in. Uh, all right, let's go to Kurt. He's in Pennsylvania. We'll be watching Pennsylvania very very, very closely in 56 days. Kurt, we want a full report. How are things looking in Pennsylvania? Uh, looking pretty good right now. I just heard a report this morning about the mail-in uh, votings that people have been getting multiple uh, mailings and that there's actually a, a checkbox that tells you that uh, if you want to be put on the permanent mail-in voting list to check it off, and there's lots of people that never checked it off, sent it in, and they found out that they've been put on the permanent mail-in voter list. So I don't know what the implications of that are. Listen, I, I mean, we've got to worry about all of this. This idea yeah. that this voter fraud doesn't exist is just another media mob lie. Right. It is, they will, there's nothing they won't say. There's nothing they won't do. There's nothing that Joe Biden will ever be vetted on. It just is a fact. It's the reality. It's the world we live in. They are corrupt to the core. There's no, there is such lying at the most sophisticated level, such inherent corruption and dishonesty between the Democrats, the media mob, the 99%. This, this is what Donald Trump faced in 2016. It may be worse this time. And for those well, of you did, that don't think Donald Trump can lose, trust me, he can. He, he, they absolutely will. There's nothing. We learned what they did in 2016. There's nothing they won't do to take power back at this point. And we're filled with uh, Trump-Pence signs up here in Erie again this year, just like we were in 2016. And on Saturday, uh, my wife and I participated in a motorcade and a boat regatta at uh, Presque Isle Park with hundreds of people uh, there uh, pulling for Trump. So, yeah, we're looking good here. Yeah. Listen, I think a lot of good can happen for everybody. So we'll have to yep. watch and see. And we're counting on you in Pennsylvania, Kurt. Yep. Uh, by the way, how are all the fracking jobs going to when they go away in Pennsylvania? What do you think huh. that's going to do to this great state of Pennsylvania, uh, the great state of Ohio? Cool. What's they'll, that? They'll just, they'll, it'll cripple us. They'll just raise the taxes on everybody to take care of it, I guess. Exactly, right? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, by the way, that's a guarantee. They're pledging trillions in new spending. They're, they're yep. pledging the new Green Deal, and, and, and my, my plan goes beyond the new Green Deal. There's, n there's nothing out that is now coming out of Biden and Kamala Harris that, is, that represents the truth or honesty or anything. And how the ghost candidate 
and the ghost candidacy has gotten this far is beyond inexplicable. Don Lake Ronkonkoma, I just got a beautiful handmade uh, set for my book, Live Free or Die, that you sent me, and I can't thank you enough. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for the autographed copy of your book. I, I had two books, and one of them I sent away to uh, other family members to share because it's a, it's a fabulous book. I, I, you know, I was rereading it over the weekend, you know? Yeah, well, listen, I, I, all I want, Don, here is one thing. The American people and voting has started now in a lot of these states. I, we have all the election information anybody can want, and yeah. it's available on Hannity.com. You know, the, the world's gone nuts. Can you imagine if I told you a year ago, Sean, that Mitt Romney and John Kasich would have become uh, bitter quizlings and Leo Tyrell is the passionate voice of reason? You know? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Leo is... Where is the rest of that intellectual honesty among Democrats? Where is it? Why? How is that non-existent? How do you you take on... You know, breathtaking hypocrisy over Hillary's dirty dossier and yep. and her obstruction of justice with the emails subpoenaed and and quid pro quo Joe and Just. spying on a president based on a narrative of lies when nothing was ever verifiable. And you never hear a peep out of them. Not one no. word. Well, Sean, just look in the last two weeks, we heard from the left that Trump suffered many strokes that Pelosi blamed her hair salon for not wearing a mask and for going to a salon when others can't. We also heard a phony Atlantic magazine story that uh, Trump called soldiers losers, totally fabricated by four anonymous sources, and they had to uh, file it this weekend. And now we have Comrade de Blasio boasting that New York City had a peaceful weekend after 22 shootings in the last few days, including a six-year-old. So, Sean, we can't believe anything that we hear from the left. Not a thing. The only hope in this election, it's not going to be the media. It's not going to be the Democrats. Uh, it's, it's going to be the people of this country. And whether they will see through this for what it is, it is a scam. It is, a, it is corruption at the highest level. If you want to know what draining the swamp looks like, this is what you get. You get Washington, and, and now the mud exposes them for who they are. And the same with the mob and the media. There's, not a, there, there's barely an ounce of honesty in any of them. They are bought and paid for state-run newspapers, state-run networks, state-run cable channels, all of them. And they are the biggest contributors to Joe Biden. They let him hide day in and day out. They cover up for him day in and day out. They do no vetting day in and day out. It's sick. But they hate Trump with every fiber of their being. That, that's a fact. Don, thank you. That meant the world to me. And I mean that. I, I really appreciate your kindness. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. I hope you'll always set your DVR for 9 Eastern. News you won't get from the mob, the media, just 56 days till you are the ultimate jury. Donald Trump Jr., uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, Ari Fleischer, Dan Bongino, Leo Terrell, Larry Elder, Dave Rubin, Sarah Sanders. Say your DVR, news you can't get from the mob. 9 Eastern tonight, Hannity Fox News. We'll see you then. We'll see you back here tomorrow with just 55 days to go. Buckle up. The best election coverage available on your radio and TV dials.